1: Hour number two of the get right, with Reggie KG on 1053. The fan Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line, 877 881 1053. 877 881 1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, more Kyrie talk as. ES- <laughs> don't, don't sound so excited. <laughs> did, did it sound that way? <laughs> What ESPN's Brian Windhurst had to say, along with Sham Sharani of The Athletic, about Kyrie Irving and the Mavericks' grand plans. We'll get into that conversation here in just a moment. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atul, if you want to get at us on Twitter. It is 1-1 at the end of the first period between your stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. The boys fighting. Jason Robertson's fifth goal of these playoffs is fourth on the power play. Evens up the game at one apiece as the Stars look to stave off elimination tonight at the AAC. Meanwhile, in Boston, Derek White's three at the buzzer gives the Celtics a 35-20 lead over the Miami Heat. So the Celtics, who are also looking to stave off elimination tonight, are up by 15 at the end of one. So a couple of good ones happening right now. Game number four of the Western Conference Final between your Stars and the Golden Knights and game five of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Celtics trying to force a game six, which will be back in South Florida. Speaking of South Florida, congratulations to the Florida Panthers who are headed back to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1996 after they were able to get the sweep Of the Carolina Hurricanes. Team of destiny. What was a very competitive series. Mm -hmm. Between the Hurricanes and the Panthers. It reminded me. um, Of the 2005. World Series between the Astros. And the Chicago White Sox. You say Kevin. Didn't the White Sox sweep the Astros. Uh, They did. Mm -hmm. But those were very competitive games. Including. Game number four, which was a one-nothing win for the Chicago White Sox over the Astros in that O five fall classic. Um, but very competitive games throughout the course of that World Series. But the White Sox just swept the Astros. Yeah, but it was a horror
0: fought sweep. Like it that's was. the funny thing, yes. is like without context, sometimes if you just look at, you know, the box score results, so to say, right? Um, you lose some of that context and it gets flattened, but no, you're right. Like the, that's, that was a series that was pretty fairly hard fought. Um, that's why not, not all sweeps are made alike, but, uh, it's a sweep nonetheless. So shout out to, uh, the Panthers.
1: Uh, make sure you tell Rob Brendamore that, that it was actually a sweep despite his, you know, other thoughts on that particular series. Did you see that from the head coach? And, yeah, you know, I look. Yeah,
0: he had to say what he was going to try. You got
1: to try and do what you can, man. <laughs> Including just making up something that didn't actually happen. Okay, Rod. Okay. Uh, by the way, Boston just hitting all the three so far in their game against the uh, the Miami Heat. They're up by eighteen with eleven minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, let's talk some hoops, though. Here, when it comes to your Dallas Mavericks, uh, we'll start with cut number uh, number three. Are we
0: breaking up with somebody? What's this music happening right now, Rego? <laughs> I might be.
1: No, oh, I'm kidding. I'm, oh, kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Wow.
0: Because oh, wow. wow. I, know, I know your lady is yeah. rooting for Vegas. is yeah. it like that? It's, and talking cash money it, yeah, right, we talking, right talking now. We, we talking schmack. Yeah, I was like, I didn't Mesh know that y'all shmack. put the stakes of the relationship on wow. this series. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the way you should have went with it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: I no, feel no, like no. I'm in a Usher music what, video right now. <laughs> These are my confessions. Um, let's go with cut number three. Brian Windhurst, Talk about the Mavs' grand plans when it comes to one Kyrie Irving for me, please.
3: Well, I would just say that the Dallas Mavericks have, you know, grand plans this offseason to make a major splash to try to keep Kyrie and add to the to to what's going on around Luka Doncic. So I think any discussion about Kyrie, part of what's going on here is the Mavericks are under some pressure to do something and they have the number ten pick in the draft that they can use to facilitate it. When it comes to LeBron, I'm sorry, when it comes to Kyrie and the Lakers, again, I'll keep saying this. Most scenarios. It would require Kyrie Irving to take below his market value in terms of the average annual salary. So that's a huge factor. But yes, the Lakers can get to a meaningful contract for him. And I will say, again, the best running mate in terms of fit in the backcourt LeBron has had in his career, in my opinion, is Kyrie Irving. The way that their two games mesh together is perfect for LeBron, especially at this age where he needs somebody else To handle the ball and take so much of the scoring load as a perimeter player.
1: Okay, so let's start there with Winhurst. None of what he said there was incorrect.
0: No, technically correct, sure.
1: Uh, At this point in his career, LeBron James needs someone to take the scoring load off of him and some of the offensive pressure off of him as he will be 39 years old at the end of this year.
0: I mean, you already kind of saw the way that this is, was going. The Lakers got as close as they've been in the LeBron AD era to the ideal of what they were trying to do, which is LeBron off ball, a decent amount, Anthony Davis carrying a large load of what's happening. And off LeBron off ball meant the likes of uh, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, sometimes uh, Dennis Schroeder. At very, you know, at, you know, sometimes uh, very late on into this Lonnie Walker getting involved, but you know, other guys handling the ball. I can understand you saying, well, why not do, you know, why not have Kyrie Irving as like a higher, higher level of that. And sure. And w- what bears saying, what Windhorse is saying there is now is not the idea of the sign and trade that a lot of Mavs fans were, are, you know, kind of coveting. If you do, in fact, have to lose Kyrie Irving, he's talking about the idea of them signing him out. Right. And at that point, because from the 972, someone's asking, what's the worst outcome of the Kyrie saga? Seems like a win-win if Kyrie stays or goes. Not if, not not if, he, just, not if he signs outright. The problem is it's going to take a lot for him to sign outright somewhere else. Um, well, I mean, obviously there's some teams that he could sign outright to if he just decides for some reason he wants to play for the Rockets or the Pistons or one of these teams that has a whole bunch of cap space. Sure, right. Right. But I don't, I don't see that happening. The thing about it is he seems to want to win. while also cashing these checks and so the teams that would be you know players in that there's not a lot of money outside of these this very small sliver of possibility with the lakers that they could you know really change the the team that they have right now create that space to sign him and also as winhurst is making the point there sign him for less than max um you know salary per value per year but something that is meaningful is what he's saying
1: the Lakers would have to go through a lot of roster gymnastics to create the kind of room that it would take to sign Kyrie Irving outright. And if Kyrie is willing to take less for that to happen, that is something the Mavericks simply can't do anything about. Because, yes, while they can offer him more money than any team to resign him as he's eligible for a five-year, $272 million contract, the Lakers could offer him something that isn't necessarily here which is the idea of playing with not one, but two stars in LeBron James and obviously Anthony Davis.
0: The, the thing that I have constantly kind of pushed back on, we've had personal conversations mm-hmm. about this that have got a little heated, I'd say. Um, I just don't know that the Lakers get to that place where they want to tear down what they just recently built up.
1: At least that's what they're saying publicly.
0: That's what they're saying and of course, you can only really take that for so much, especially when you consider that some folks view the LeBron possible retirement as some level of power play. Um, I I don't know that Kyrie fixes the issues that you would then create in order to get him there, and that's not a slight to Kyrie. I just you know pointing to the idea that mm-hmm. Kyrie is not a panacea for everything. He brings certain things, but he also does not cover other things that they had done a pretty good job of trying to find. And he is not simply a you take out D'Angelo Russell and you put in Kyrie. That is not what we're talking about. You're missing some other things there. Um, Now, the tough thing about it is if that's where he wants to be, then that changes this up a little bit. And I do wonder with what we heard from him where he's talking about, I know what my career looks like. And it comes with time in time. The idea that he needs time to figure out a deal with the Mavs is not something that seems, I mean, it's possible. It's very plausible. I just it doesn't seem like more the reality that fits with what he's saying there compared to the idea that I know I'm going to be with something like the Lakers. It just takes time to figure out. So, I don't know. I like that's I'm not sure that I still believe that that's the way that it goes, mm-hmm. but it does open up. It does get kind of the gears turning on what could be the machinations here.
1: This coming from Sean Sharania of the Athletic on with the Pat McAfee show about the top of the list for the Lakers and what that looks like.
4: But even the bigger point now, I think, for the Lakers is how do we go into this offseason and manage the workload of LeBron James? Because he's going in every night, being the number one option. Now, I think he can do that at the age of 39. The question is, does do the Lakers want to put him in that position? Does he want to be in that position? So they have to really build a roster out this offseason uh, point guard position. D'Angelo Russell was benched. Uh, he's on a max contract. He was benched the last game of the season um, in the playoffs in game four. Um, what do they do at that position? I, I think they'll be aggressive potentially in looking at that position. Oh, Kyrie, Overall, Kyrie Irving's out there. Fred Van Vliet, the, you know, whoa, you the marketplace this upcoming offseason. I think I think Kyrie Irving and Fred Van Vliet have to be at the top of the list. I'm not saying either are likely for the Lakers, but I think if you're the Lakers, you have to look at both of those guys and see if there are any options you can exhaust.
1: Shams makes a terrific point there when it comes to again the load that the Lakers may be trying to ease in, be trying to ease off of LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving again provides some of that. Here's where I am with all of this when it comes to, to Kyrie in this situation. Okay. So for Kyrie, he's got two choices here. Yes. In my mind. What kind of years and financial security is he looking for? Okay. Because there's one team that can offer him more years and more money than anyone. And might be more likely to do that and the Dallas Mavericks, who, by what we've heard reported, may be willing to go down that road and even further with Kyrie Irving. The other being, how badly do you want to be able to play with another two stars that can get you possibly that much closer to a championship? Because I'm of the belief right now of the Lakers that they don't value as much Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, who we just heard, of course, was benched, Yeah, D'Angelo Russell,
0: I think a lot of people were looking at, even when that deal was made to bring him to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, that that was not going to be a long-term situation.
1: And I don't necessarily expect him to be back in Los Angeles. The question then becomes, how much do you value guys like Malik Beasley, Rui Achimura, and Austin Reeves? I do think the Lakers are in a position where they feel like Reeves and Achimura are a part of their long-term future, but renouncing Beasley, Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, among others— I could see them making that move and not batting an eye toward it to be able to create the necessary room to bring Kyrie Irving in or at least get him close enough to where a decision will be that much tougher because they can get close to him on his money and the years that he may be looking for and how that could be swayed by the idea of playing with LeBron and AD in that way. All
0: right, let's localize this. Let's say that you're right and that's the situation that you're in. Does that change? Like, or If you had to put a percentage with the situation that you've laid out sure. and that's put in front of Kyrie, Wow, this is really unfair. I realize the question I'm about to ask you is so unfair to you. Hey, mm-hmm. get into Kyrie's mindset. Where do you think that leans? Like, what are the percentage chances on the outcomes where it comes to staying with the Mavs versus opting to go and play with the Lakers?
1: I think it would be 64 to him going to Los Angeles.
0: Where does that put the Mavericks then? Because that would be an instance where you were losing that asset, right? You were having For nothing. You were having what you've, you know, kind of painted as the doomsday situation, which is the Jalen Brunson
1: 2.0. Yep.
0: Where do the Mavs go there? Like then, like what 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 is the,
1: what's I mean, okay. the, what are the next
0: steps? Because at that point you still have your, the number 10 pick to maybe, you know, maneuver with. You still have the likes of Josh Green, Jaden Hardy. You still have a future first in the 27th first overall pick, or first round pick rather. Um, and you would have, you would need to build everything around Luka Doncic. Because at that point, the only, what are the foundational pieces that you would have? Which is Luka Doncic. And Hardy
1: Green, kind of? Yep. That's what you got. Oof. Because Reggie Bullock, getting older.
0: Yeah, not a foundational piece. Like, a foundational they like piece. Maxi Kleba, but you have to understand that Maxi Kleba is past his, or maybe on the back end of his prime to be, let's be nice. But he has injury
1: issues. Uh, And he has a new contract extension that's going to kick in at the beginning of this upcoming season. And yes, to the 972, yes, you have cap space that is open. What do you do with it in a week free agency class? Because when you look at this upcoming free agency class, not great. Your top three free agents are going to be Kyrie, James Harden, Fred Van Vliet.
0: Chris Middleton, maybe.
1: I don't think Chris Middleton is going anywhere. You don't
0: think he... I think he's a restricted free agent? Yeah,
1: I, I think they find a way to get that done. And, no, he's, a, and, uh, yeah, he's uh, an unrestricted restricted. free agent. But, but you think he remains... I think he remains in, in Milwaukee. And then we're talking about guys like Vucevic. Okay. Um. So the free agency class is not great. I tend to think that the... Trade market is where the Mavericks are going to make the most difference in terms of a roster overhaul and someone trying to finally convince hey Toronto, make a damn decision, please. Yeah, break that thing up, please. Like I either break that. it up or figure out a way to move forward with it. Otherwise, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, there's a lot of names on that team that you look at, you say, Oh, that could be a fit here you know, in Dallas. Yeah, O.G. Ananobi, I think, is the one that's the most...
0: Well, the most desirable, I think, is Pascal Siakam. I think the most more gettable for the Mavs is probably O.G. Ananobi. Assuming oh, no. that he's... Oh, you no. you go the other way? I go the other way. Okay.
1: I mean, we heard reports that teams were trying to offer the Toronto Raptors, what, three first-round picks to go get O.G. Ananobi? And they were like, actually, no.
0: But I also think that we're getting to a place <laughs> where we might have hit the peak on trade compensation. Uh... Hollinger of the Athletic was, John Hollinger of the Athletic was writing a really interesting piece about kind of the summer of stuckness, Mm -hmm. as he deems it, where there's a lot of teams in the NBA landscape that kind of, you know, went double or nothing. And now they're kind of stuck with their decisions. Obviously, some people hit. Like we talk about the Lakers that, you know, went and they made Mm -hmm. all these moves and they hit. Uh, You could talk about the Denver Nuggets who also are stuck when it comes to like a flexibility standpoint, but they're stuck with a great team that they're happy with. How many of those teams can we talk about in the other way that went in and now they're stuck with a team and it's not really a good one?
1: Minnesota. Hello.
0: <laughs> um, the Clippers are stuck with a team that I don't know if it's like if you want a team to deem it good or bad, but you have all these injury issues. Correct. Right, like there's other teams that we could point to in that regard as well. Dallas is kind of one of those teams. And then also I think that when you look around the league, there's a lot of them. And that means that the compensation for trades, you know, the market isn't going to build in the way that – I think you don't end up in a place where teams are like, yo, I have four picks to give up. I just don't know that there's enough teams out there. So that might depress some of the market, but still, O.G. Ananobi is a highly valued, you know, wing defender
1: Mm -hmm. uh, in a a league that needs those. Maybe you try to convince Jeremy Grant to come sign with Dallas if you have all that cap space opened up. And you may have to slightly overpay to get Jeremy Grant to come to Dallas. Who knows? So in that
0: situation, you're saying Kyrie has walked and your your return is now you have a team that you're building off of Luka Doncic to Jeremy Grant. That is that I'm just trying to clarify. That's what you're saying.
1: I mean, this is all
0: very hypothetical, everybody. We have really we're, 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 you know, delved into the hypothetical. But if that is the situation, how do you feel about it, KG?
1: Hell, that might low key open the door for Christian Wood to come back here on a cheap contract. Nothing that you commit real money to. But the idea But the
0: problem with the thing that that was never an issue of money. That was a relationships issue. And so you want to sign anyways,
3: that's a whole different. That's a whole different.
1: I don't think Christian. For for the record, I don't believe Christian will be back with this team. I'm just saying all possibilities become open when you have that much cap space to oh, no. to work with. Uh, it's the get right Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we're gonna talk a little Rangers baseball on your home of the Rangers with my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider and play by play man Jared Sandler. Next on the get right.
3: This segment of The Fan is brought to you by Frankel & Frankel.
0: Life is unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel & Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one have been injured in a car accident, contact Frankel & Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 817
1: 3333 to get right, we're Magic KG right here on 105, three 105-3 of The Fan. About to welcome in my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers Insider and play-by-play man Jared Sandler here in just a moment via the Diamond Factory Hotline at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg. If you want to get at us on Twitter coming up here. Oh, in about uh, 16 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League where Jimmy Garoppolo stay hurt this time. He's doing it in a different uniform. Uh, We'll let you know what's the latest with him. Stay hurt in black and silver. (laughs) Also stays paid, though. (laughs) Must be nice. Must be nice. Um, So we'll go around the NFL here in about 16 minutes here on your home of the Cowboys. Let's go to the Diamond Factory hotline, though, and welcome in Jared Sandler hanging out in Baltimore. Isn't that right, Jared? That is right. I can confirm. I am here. How how, are you doing? You doing good? You like him? You like him Baltimore so far? Um, I'd be better if the stars were winning, but,
2: uh, you know. I can't really control that. Um, Yeah, Baltimore's cool. I have no problem with Baltimore. Uh, We stay by the water. All's good. I'm I'm living the dream.
0: Yeah, Jared, this year you've been like full, you know, radio, play-by-play man going on all the trips. Full postcard mode. Yeah, all of those. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to that, how do you handle traveling? Is it just kind of I'll go outside when I go to work, or are you seeing any sights going and experiences the vistas, as they say?
2: Yeah, I try to I try to explore a little bit. Um, I I had some meetings for the charity today, so oh gosh, sorry, I'm watching Mm -hmm. stars on stream, so I might be a little bit
1: behind everyone. Oh, I was like, what happened? Because I'm like, something okay. Yeah, (laughs) okay, okay,
2: okay. I I anyway. <laughs> it's okay so I was Jared. Explain why it's on stream but then i figure you guys don't even care why it's on stream what does it really matter uh so wait for it yeah i i had some meetings for the charity today so i, I some people made the trip to dc to go explore some of the uh uh the the things that dc you know would have to offer i did not uh Oh, you they smear.
1: Yeah, there. It. Yeah. <laughs> it. Yep. Yeah. there it is. yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Oh, Red's Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Yep. There. There it is. There it is.
0: The okay. charity, by the way, the Sandlot charity. That's fantastic right. work.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: They, we right now we're doing better work than the, the stars, but we're working on that. Uh, so yeah, I try to get out, and I definitely went out for a walk so that I didn't just get trapped in the hotel room all day. Um, I definitely try and explore uh there's really not a whole lot to explore in pittsburgh um i did document that i took an uber to the roberto clemente museum that um it was closed which oh no it was like an appointment only thing so i didn't really get to do anything there but uh yeah i do try to explore i love uh i think it's it's an awesome opportunity to to go around the country and see uh, what our country has to offer
0: favorite thing that you've experienced thus far in the season traveling
2: um, favorite thing.
0: This is so unfair because you were trying to multitask in a way that I'm, I can already tell. No, is really no, difficult no.
2: I'm, I'm trying to just think of all the, I mean, I getting, my nephews came to Chicago when we played the Cubs at Wrigley and they are 12 and 10 year old now, 13 and 10, 13 and 11. Sorry. And they are big Rangers fans and they are now old enough to, like, appreciate – I don't think they appreciate Wrigley the way that they will when they're older, but they're old enough to appreciate, like, getting to watch their major league favorite team and, like, to meet some players. And They got to meet some guys, and that was really cool for me to get to see their faces light up. That's probably the most rewarding thing so far from this year.
1: Jared Sandler joining us via the Diamond Factory hotline here on your Home of the Rangers 105 through the fan here on the Get Right. I'm going to get to the Rangers here in just a second, but this just came across my timeline when it comes to some uh, other Major League Baseball news. Um, The art of getting ran because Aaron Boone got ejected for the fourth time this season and the second time in a four-game span. Why does this dude stay getting run from ball games these days? Yeah, he's... he's
2: I'm a big Aaron Boone fan. You know, he's a USC guy and um, I always enjoy talking to him. And when you talk to him, he's like incredibly calm, but maybe it's just because during games, he's incredibly not, I don't know, Uh, (laughs) you know, between Aaron Boone and David Bell. And I mean, all these just, yeah, I don't know what it is, but he is, he is, uh, he's pretty fiery. And, um, I don't know. Maybe it's I, the only thing, like if you were to like seriously ask like why, uh, other than, well, you know, he's it's just, that's what he has within him. Maybe the pressures of being the manager of the Yankees and you gotta, you gotta show some fight. Cause I'll tell you what that plays at, in New York. They don't like you no matter what you do, unless mm-hmm. you win a world series every year. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a degree of that when you're the manager. Aaron Boone maybe a little more of a pass because of what he did in uh, against Tim Wakefield years ago. Uh, but uh, maybe it's the stresses of that, the pressures of that. I don't know. But he uh, he definitely he is the uh the Rashid Wallace of
1: Major League Baseball Managers. <laughs> That's a good call back uh, there. All right. Um
0: yeah, I was gonna have a segue, but you threw you threw sheet in you my last I, was in like, there. I don't know what I'm I'll supposed to do. do the, uh-huh. Um so just gonna completely ignore that and as we turn to the Texas Rangers and uh, the leadoff man for the Texas Rangers, Marcus Simeon, has mm-hmm. been fantastic this season. Obviously, um, one first of all, uh, I think it was ESPN put together a list of the or it might have been MLB.com put together a list of the top ten you know players that you know had the best chance of maybe becoming a first-time MVP, and Marcus Simeon was second on that list. Like, what can you? How do you go about telling how great Marcus Simeon has been this season for the Rangers?
2: Well, I think there's there's a stat you can use and that is WAR. Uh wins above replacement. The only challenge there is that uh, there's no real objective way to compute it that explain and then Baseball Reference has their version of WAR and FanGraphs has their version of WAR and you can come up with your version of WAR. I mean, it's you know, it's not like batting average where you can just be like, "Hey, it's hits divided by bats." But uh, it is a stat that front offices value, uh, and it the the other test for stats, especially some of these stats that are tougher to explain. When you look at the leaderboard, does it feel like it's representative of the best players that season? Right. So, like if um, if uh, uh, just pick a random player on the Astros, if Jose Abreu, who's having a really bad year for the Astros was like second in war, mm-hmm. then I would probably not take that stat so seriously. All that runway, to say this, the other day, Marcus Simeon led Major League Baseball in war. Uh, and, you know, that is a, a, a stat that's supposed to measure value. And, you know, Marcus is, has always been a really good base runner, even, even in years in which he doesn't steal a lot of bags. He's a really heads-up, smart, adept base runner. Uh, his defense this year has been exceptional. I think he made an error uh, on Wednesday, but that ended a 40-game errorless streak. Uh, he has been exceptional defensively. And you look at what he's done offensively. I mean, it's not like he's uh, blowing people away, but he has been outstanding offensively. He's not going to do what uh, Aaron Judge does. He's not going to do what Ronald Acuna Jr. does. He's not going to have, highlight real-type home runs that go to the second deck. Uh, but he pulls the ball. He pulls it in the air. He gets it over the fence. And this year, he's finding ways on base in a big way, and it has been a lot of fun
1: to watch. Jared, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this rotation, specifically with Nathan Ivaldi and what he's been able to do to stabilize things without Jacob DeGrom in this rotation. Just kind of put in perspective how good he has been for this team and what it has meant. For this rotation
2: well uh he's been and 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 not just for the rotation but for the bullpen uh you know his ability to go deep into games has you know obviously the complete games you don't need the bullpen but then you know he's gone when he's gone eight innings what have you you know he's giving them a rest and he's taking pressure off of them and you know the lineup's doing that as well but what nathan avaldi has done is has been outstanding and um you know i gosh i hope he can keep it up but you know he's definitely like if the season were to end today uh he'd get votes of the Cy Young he probably wouldn't win it because there have been some outstanding American League pitchers like Sonny Gray um he would absolutely be an all-star uh and yeah i think when you consider what this team has gone through with its bullpen Uh, what he has done has been vital. And he's also done it kind of coinciding with Jacob DeGrom's injury. And so when the rotation is needed or uh, sought out an ace to fill Jacob DeGrom's absence, his void, that's what Nathan Evaldi's given this team. And, um, yeah, I'm we just – what he's done is tough to put into words because it's not like this organization's been littered with amazing pitchers and amazing stretches of pitching like this. So we're not really trained to talk about this. Like I can talk for hours about great offensive performances because we've seen that years, and you know, over the last several years. Um, But Nathan Navaldi's ability to to get out and go deep into games and work efficiently is is really impressive.
0: Jared, I will spare you bullpen talk because it feels like that's all we do of late. Um, I mean,
2: it's a big story, but yeah, I get it.
0: Although I mean shout out to, you know, Will Smith and the five out save that was mm-hmm. was crucial, but heading into Baltimore, I mean you're already there, but heading into a series against Baltimore uh from the, you know, obviously from the broadcast booth, what are your eyes trained on as we go into this series against the Baltimore Orioles?
2: Oh, uh, well, you know, what I don't know that we could have predicted this, but I, I'm just excited for a meaningful series. You know, again, I'll go back to the same thing I said before the Braves series whether the Rangers sweep the Orioles, the Orioles sweep the Rangers or anything in between. It is not a definitive statement uh, as to where this team is or is not, but it is still fun when you've got a series between two teams that now more than a quarter of the season in are among the best teams in baseball. Um, and, you know, I, I am curious about the bullpen Reg because they, they are going to get help eventually Uh, and maybe it's sooner rather than later internally. I don't anticipate a trade that excites people anytime soon, Uh, but how is Bruce Bochy going to make this thing tick? And, you know, that is a strength of his. He is very good at managing bullpen. However, it's very tough to manage a bullpen when it seems like your only option is your closer, and that's why he went with Will Smith for a five-out save. So who's going to step up? Who's the guy uh, that is going to make the difference? Who's the guy who's going to help uh bridge the gap and they've got a number of guys who can be that guy because they've got a number of guys who are underperforming so that tells you that you know there's more left in the tank uh I just don't know who it's going to be uh and then the other thing is uh, Camden Yards underwent a renovation 2 years ago prior to last season the left field wall is much deeper and I'm a little curious how that's going to impact some of the right-handed hitters like Josh Young, Ezekiel Duran, and and especially Marcus Simeon. Because what I mentioned yesterday, uh, you know, Marcus is a guy who when he hits home runs, they don't leave the yard typically by like 50 feet. You know, they barely get there. And so I'm just curious to see, you know, what life is going to look like with a very spacious left field for some of the right-handed hitters.
1: John Gray takes the mound tomorrow for the good guys. He'll be opposed by Grayson Rodriguez for the Baltimore Orioles, your Texas Rangers 31 and 18 take on Baltimore to begin their weekend series. Jared, as always, my man, appreciate the time and enjoy your time on the East Coast, my man. Bill Stars. Thanks, fellas. Yeah,
2: looking forward to the fun series
1: this weekend. There he goes. Jared Sandler, Texas Rangers insider, play by play man here on your home of the Rangers 105 through The Fan. Again, first. My base. name is sounded tired. I'm not going to lie been a long road trip yeah uh, it's been a long road trip yeah um and of course the Rangers do not get back to globe life field until the beginning of June so they are hanging out and uh on the road right now but still playing good baseball and they hopefully will be rewarded for it when they come back to globe life field to uh continue the rest of their of their season but yeah I'm 31 and 18 15 and 10 away from globe life field so winning games on the road extremely important John Gray four and one with a 3.02 era on the mound for the good guys tomorrow. First pitch at 6.05 on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. Get you caught up on the latest news and notes in and around the NFL, including this one on Jimmy Garoppolo. Next on The Get Right. About to go around the NFL here on the get right, Revegia KG on 105 through the Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Yo. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here on your turn it on, leave it on station. 105 through the fan. It's getting good at the American Airlines Center. Jason Robertson said it's on me. <laughs> Between the stars and the golden Knights, I'll let you know exactly here in just a moment how things are heating up. In game number four. In fact, before we go around the NFL, let's go ahead and do that. It was tied at 1 1. We'll start with the Vegas Golden Knights. Jonathan Marchesall, one of three players who have played in every single playoff game that the Golden Knights have played in, got the Golden Knights up 2 1 with this goal. But it's deflected wide by Haskin as Theodore went winding up. Blocking in McNabb, blocked up high by
2: Johnston. McNabb continues deeper. It comes back to McNabb. Tough
1: angle. They score. Tipped in by Marcia so That made it 2-1 Golden Knights. But, oh, don't you worry. There's a Robo on the loose. That's because Jason Robertson said, hold that. I got another goal for you. Take a listen. Here's Lindell shooting it wide. Rebound goal. Robertson again. John McDonough on the call. Both calls for ESPN. Jason Robertson, his sixth goal of these playoffs, ties the game at two. He's got both goals tonight for the Stars as they try to stave off elimination. Stave. In game number four, Jason Robertson putting the Stars on his back and trying to carry them to a game four win. This is the Jason Robertson that we've been kind of waiting on. Yeah, in these playoffs so far.
0: I mean, obviously the second one was just o- opportune timing being the right place, but finishing off, you still got to give him credit for that. But no, it's it's great to see Jace Robertson, and I'm I'm sure that that's got to be some level of um like spirit builder. You were talking about where does that kind of energy come from? You were asking that question. I think maybe off air even. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jace Robertson, as good as person as any. I mean, one of the other people that we we were talking about because we saw a graphic on ESPN, the idea that Oh, man, we hadn't talked about Rope Hintz, who had been fantastic all the way through the playoffs early on for the Stars. So, you know, maybe that, maybe that then gets some juices going and Rope can get involved. Or, you know what I mean, like just it would be nice to see this fully go all the way around. And, again, it's what I was talking about in the first segment of our night tonight is just the idea of, man, these fans deserve better, especially coming off of that Game 3. Just some level of redemption, man. That'd be great.
1: It is the second intermission at the American Airlines Center, tied at two. Stars, Golden Knights heading into the third period, tied at two as the Stars look to stave off elimination tonight stave. At, at the AAC to force this is uh, a game number five. That game will be back, of course, in Las Vegas. Rigo, let's go around the National Football League, though. Here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys, as we do, we start with the aforementioned city of Las Vegas. That is because its quarterback for the Raiders is hurt again. Yeah, um,
0: a quarter uh, earlier today, uh, ESPN confirmed that. Jimmy Garoppolo underwent surgery on his injured left foot after signing the contract in March with the <laughs> Vegas Raiders. A source said that everything is trending great, but remember he signed a three-year $72.75 million deal with the Vegas Raiders on March 17th. Um, and then uh, Josh McDaniels said that he's going through his process just like they knew he would. Nothing has happened that would surprise them based on the information that they had. So I guess they were expecting him to come in and start with a, a a surgery to repair his um, injured left foot. So, yeah, there you go. Good, good, more power to the um, Las Vegas Raiders, an organization that I haven't looked at seriously for a little while. I don't know about you.
1: Well, two things continue to remain consistent in the course of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. Uh, number one, he stays hurt. Uh, but number two, and more importantly for him and his bank account, he stays paid. Um, I think that the expectation is that he uh, should be ready
0: for training camp. I was actually saying that. I was like, wait, actually, I don't recall exactly what that is, but good luck to them. I think Brian Hoyer is next on the depth chart. I don't think that they will get to the what? point where they have to do that.
1: But Brian Hoyer is next up? Still in the league. <laughs> And why do they want to get rid of Derek Carr again? ain't like him. Oh, okay. Uh, I just. just I mean, Derek Carr has check, some. Checking my facts here. Derek Carr has
0: some limitations, like an unwillingness to go deep, even though he has the arm for it, things of that nature.
1: Good luck with that, Josh McDaniels. Good luck with that. Um, As we continue around the NFL here, which Richardson is this that is uh, splitting first team? Oh, Anthony Richardson. That's right. Yeah, oh, had, he's getting first team reps already? Yes. Uh,
0: the Colts took Richardson in the first, fourth round, or sorry, with the fourth overall pick in uh-huh. the first round, um, while having Gardner Minshew on the roster. And apparently, he is splitting first team reps
1: with Gardner Minshew. He's going to play week one, isn't
0: he? <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> Shane Steichen at a press conference said that uh, Richardson and Minshew are splitting first team reps at OTAs and that, quote, everything is in an evaluation when it comes to how they'll divide the workload. Uh, also added that Richardson made quote some big plays and has done some next level stuff.
1: All this in shorts and t-shirts, huh?
0: It's the Anth- but this is all like this all fits in with the idea of the Anthony Richardson, which is the type of player. It's gonna get somebody fired, and again, like for good reason, right? He has
1: the all of He's so enticing,
0: all of the things that you see are incredible. Man throws the ball like it just jumps off his arm, big arm, a lot of mobility. Like seems to have some good pocket presence as well. Let uh, the film, the folks that do the film study, tell it. Um, it just hasn't produced like the results in college at least and the idea of hey man, we don't see if we can make it work. Although I guess if you're looking around and you go like Gardner Minshew is the other option, especially if you're not viewing this as a we need to take some time to fix some things. If you're just like we're gonna throw him out and figure it out, yeah, I can understand how you'd be like, Yeah, we let's let's start looking at the idea of putting him out there. Would I do it? Probably not, but I ain't nobody's head coach. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, best of luck to them in their endeavors the Indianapolis Colts uh, oh you remember Brandon McManus getting the cut kicker. from the Broncos that's right we're doing kicker musical chairs apparently because the Jacksonville Jaguars very soon thereafter decided to sign him up and bring him in which meant that they had a kicker that was then available name is Riley Patterson. Did you know that, that was the name of the kicker? No. Jackson? I mean, me neither. Um, well, apparently it's not going to matter because they had, the Jaguars announced that they were waiving Riley Patterson. However, the Lions announced that they have agreed to trade Riley Patterson or trade for Riley Patterson. So he'll be a, a Lion, a Detroit Lion.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So instead of being cut. They got traded to the there Lions. There you go. So McManus is about to be the kicker for the Jaguars. Wow. And then Riley Patterson
0: will kick for the Lions.
1: So is that sign to become official then? With McManus going to Jacksonville? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn, Dallas? Now, Detroit had Michael Badgley
0: and John Parker Romo as kickers. And for the thing about it with Dallas is every time the kicker becomes available, everybody's like, oh, is that the one? So now look at Detroit, ladies and gentlemen. If you're looking for, hey, man, kickers
1: that might be available. No. Michael Badgley, John Parker Romo. No, I'm going to stick with who I believe is going to come here. and been saying it for a while. Y'all know who about to come kick the You got to right play here. the game,
0: KG. I know you. Macy Crosby's out there. That's fine. You got to play the game. You got to follow the kicker musical chairs to see who's out there who might possibly come in and kick for the Cowboys. You know Mike
1: about hiring all his friends, his homeboys. While that may be true, play the damn game, KG. We went from Brandon McManus
0: to maybe Riley Patterson. Now the names that we are looking at are Michael Badgley and John Parker Romo. You don't want to see another Romo on his team? Ha! <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i
0: think that was a yes it um, sounded like a yes to me i just <laughs> i don't even know if they i don't know how if they can kick how good they are at kicking
1: McManus was on the street for what a hot 30 seconds
0: about yeah that's about as long as it was
1: they okay is he the oh I, let me back up mm-hmm. let me bring some levity beep, to this beep beep the fact that the Cowboys' biggest problem right now—there you go—is
0: that's it, perspective, it baby. Being a kicker, look at that perspective kicking in.
1: There could be bigger problems for this football team, but the fact that we're hemming and hawing about a kicker— all right, right there could be worse things. But Michael Badgley
0: po- hit. Let's see, he's a good
1: kicker. He
0: hit what eighty-five
1: or was eighty-six
0: percent of his field goals last year. Oh, okay. His
1: long was a fifty-three. Oh, that's not bad. That that sounds like a that sounds like a special. See the, that sounds like a see here's Cowboy the, special. The Cowboys like those boomer bus
0: guys. They're like, look, man, we don't care how. I mean, you got to be somewhat accurate. But can you
3: kick it
1: seventy? Yeah, if you can kick it from far, we <laughs> can, we can kick it with you. You got a seventy-five yarder in you. Brett Maher, remember Greg Deleg was around here that one time. Greg Zerline? Oh yeah, remember oh. him?
0: How could I forget? <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, I, mm. oh, They're, John
0: Parker Romo.
1: Hey, and f- hey, what's that The do from the XFL? Is that where he's from? He kicked for the San Antonio, uh, Brahmas or something like that. Brother, your guess is way better than mine. I think that is who that is. I don't even think he has a football.
0: John reference.
1: John Parker Romo. Oh, X- there it is. Yep. That's him. Okay. That is him. Played at Virginia Tech. Yep. XFL, St. Antonio Brahms. He well, had, today at OTA's head coach
0: Mike McCarthy said, you know, when it comes to kickers, there's still, there was the XFL season, there's the USFL season. They yeah, got man. Fossil they're,
1: said that, yeah. There's uh-huh. got, to,
0: oh, Fossil that said yeah, that. My uh-huh. bad. I'm mm-hmm. just attributing all the words
1: anybody to anybody on planet Earth, Elon Musk, apparently. Yeah.
0: Who's the wildest name that you would like to see kick for the Cowboys?
1: Rodrigo Blankenship. Oh, that's. I mean, cool I would love to. Isn't
0: he that's still cool under? is he? Did the Colts wave him?
1: Him and his glasses around here would be hilarious. And that would I mean,
0: be- while we're at it, let's. Where's what's Bobby Aguayo doing? He needs to he needs a second chance. We about second chances around here, right? Are we
1: talking about the same person,
0: Roberto Aguayo? Okay, I thought yeah. I, I had
1: never heard of called Bobby before. I was like, are we, are we talking about the same person?
0: That's okay. that's my college football. Sicko I, figu- days. I yeah, figured yeah, yeah. I
1: figured, but I was like, wait a minute. I think we're talking about the same person. Uh, tr- uh text it in on the uh, the text line. Who do you want to see? What obscure kicker? Oh, you went you I was thinking like who what pe what, what just random person cuz you you said Elon Musk and I was like, "Okay, where who else do we want?" Anybody on planet Earth. Let's turn the clock all the way back. Get Danny Rojas in here. What's Mike Vanderjack doing? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Jamie yeah. Tart. Who? You think, you, Jamie Tart.
0: Let's get Jamie Tart.
4: out oh, here. Oh, we're just going <laughs> full Ted last uh, <laughs>
0: Is Sebas C- still kicking? Can he still kick
1: get all Sebastian, Sebastian Janikowski? Janikowski? Can He still do a little something. Let's on? see what he's doing. One of them Andersons is still alive and still kicking in, aren't they? Let me go kick. I used to play soccer. Between Gary and Morton, you know, one of them could still kick, I'm sure. Hey, hell, what's Adam Vinatieri doing? What's he doing?
0: No? He's putting, putting some Jester men in his beard or something? I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's your trip around the NFL here on the Get Right with Rich and KG.
0: Walker Zimmerman, I mean, like, he's all Who? right in the MLS, but you know, you think he, he, he might be interested in going like the Josh Lambeau route? Because you know, Josh Lambeau used to play
4: soccer. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Just, just get one of these dudes in the MLS. It's like, you're all right, but you want to come make some NFL no-
4: money? <laughs> Have y'all seen Guillermo Ochoa kick field goals? That man's. Memo? That man, uh-huh. Memo Ochoa kicked like a 60 yarder right up through the uprights.
0: Sign up, Memo. Do you mm-hmm. know how, like, this is the thing the Cowboys as a brand and our brothers and sisters from Mexico. Like that is a great like. Let's further let's further solidify <laughs> the, the relationship there, yes. by putting memo show on the Cowboys. <laughs> I like the way that you think, Rodrigo. You're welcome.
1: Coming up next on the Get Right, we stay with the uh, the Cowboys conversation. I had a conversation today with Demarcus Lawrence that spurred this question: Will the Cowboys defense define the 2023 season? What Demarcus told me about that. Next on the Get Right.